That's right, keeping it fresh with some house beats this month. Really just kicking it, trying to keep it as relaxed as we possibly can. Yes, everyone, thank you for joining me for episode 20 of Just Me with R.R. Campbell. Hey, you know, like I say, we're trying to keep it fast and loose because this episode, we're going to be keeping it fast and loose. Coming into another one here as we let the music fade away. I'm coming into another week of uncertainty insofar as this show is concerned, but in one different way than another. So I started this as a video series first. At least that was the idea in my head was, hey, let's branch out on YouTube. Let's see what we get when we start putting video to the normal audio that you produce and as fate would have it. And I shouldn't be surprised by this, but podcast people, I see you out there. We've got a lot more podcast listeners than we do viewers of the video. I am grateful for both podcast people. I want you to know that you are seen, not technically, of course, but I do know that you are out there. Thank you so much for following along as well. I know that I cater to our video folks by looking into the camera and referencing things that I can see, but I appreciate you hanging in for the journey here. So what is it we have in front of us this week? Well, last week we had some fun by talking about Dungeons and Dragons for almost the entirety of the episode. And I really enjoyed that. This week, uh, we're going to see the rollout of this new character for the very first time, because last week, though I'd been putting work into creating this new character, Yarnsworth the Tabaxi Bard, it was not time to roll him out yet. We had to have one final session with Reese the Fearbolg before he wanders off with, uh, it was, he wanders off with a character who deep down he knew was a doppelganger and was not in fact the man he said he was who promised to deliver him answers to why it is he could hear the world speaking to him and what that meant for him and all that jazz. Well, the DM and I, we caught up over the weekend. We had a special one-on-one session where we played out the end of Reese the Fearbolg's story. And, uh, you know, he didn't die. So good job, Reese. It was looking pretty challenging for a hot minute there. I wasn't quite sure he was going to come out of that scene in the graveyard okay. It was quite the uh, battle to have over the gravestones with Reese also being able to hear some of the statues near the mausoleums talking to him and things like that. Thank goodness for Evelyn, who I believe was Actually, not the name of the statue, as I later realized. It was just the name of the person who had been buried there. So my apologies to the statue, whose name I never got before running off to safety before the undead also rose from their graves. Anyway, a lot going on in D&D world. You can tell I'm excited to see what we get with Yarnsworth. His friends call him Yanni, but don't get any ideas. The Tabaxi Bard, when we kick off with that on Wednesday. I'm sure I'll have more updates on that going forward here. But let's set aside D&D for now, because I don't want this to turn into exclusively a D&D series, though if that's what we want, folks, let me know. And this is me speaking to you now, our podcast friends, as well as those of you who are tuning in to the video version. Hey, reach out. I'd love to know what's really working for you here. What has you tuning in week after week if you're over on the podcast version? What has you subscribing if you're on YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, let me know in the comments if you are someone who has been tuning in every week or most weeks or some weeks or once in a while to the podcast. Hey, go ahead and shoot me an email. It's just me with rr at gmail.com. Let's connect. I want this to be a show that's about 
us. I say that it's just me, but if you're going to be along for the journey, let's get some of you on the show as well. Share with me what it is you're enjoying about D&D or if you've ever played or want to play going forward but aren't really sure where to get started. Tell me of your writing journey if you are a writer, because here we go. I'll share a little bit about where I am in my own journey right now, and hopefully some of this feels familiar to you, and maybe some of it you don't want to have feel familiar to you, as you will quickly see. But let me know, justmewithrr at gmail.com, or hey, reply to the comments. Uh, be in the comments section of this video. I try to keep up with those as quickly as I can. So thank you, everyone, for your participation thus far, and let's see what we can do going forward here. But writing stuff. All right, we'll talk writing stuff. So I have been on Query Road now for a couple of months. We're in July. It is now, uh, we're in July. It was March when I first got started with my querying adventures or misadventures. And since I have been sending out queries, I don't have the stats in front of me, but my spreadsheet is filling up more and more. We've got a lot of yellow for pending responses. We've got some red for rejections that have come in. We've got a couple pockets of various shades of green at different times. We've had some pending requests come in. We have had a full request come in, still waiting for responses on some of that. And all in all, I have to say that as I have gone on this journey, it has become easier to accept rejections when they come through. Now, part of this, I think, is just having been in the industry for a while now, eventually you get so many rejections that I don't know if it's a numbness to them or if it's just you finally put them in the perspective of, well, what this means is that this project wasn't right for this particular person. So I had a rejection email come in, I would say within an hour before this, uh, before doing this recording here today. And I glanced at my phone quickly because I saw a notification arrived said query, you know, whatever, agent's name, standard form rejection kind of stuff. You know what I did? Just set set that phone back down and continued working on some things for Kill Your Darling's Candle Company because, you know, don't let it get you down. Just means that it wasn't a good fit, right? So I'm going to keep on grinding with the queries. I did have that nice success last week with a little extra partial request. And this is, I should say again, for that manuscript that takes place on a cranberry farm in northern Wisconsin called Where When the Stars Conspire. Be helpful if I knew the name of my own manuscript, right? And I don't know, we're going to see how much longer I keep querying before I just truly let all those pending replies come in or not. Because it might turn out, as I suspect it is going to, that I'm actually going to look at what I have written here and decide, okay, maybe the reason the response rate isn't as high as I might like it to be is because I need to go back and do some work on this manuscript. I need to tidy up the language, perhaps upon uh, another read of it, I'll realize that though I was trying to be a little more experimental with the prose, maybe I went a little too far one way or the other, might have gotten into overwriting territory or underwriting or things that I once thought were great turns of phrase are actually kind of confusing. But hey, that happens. We grow, we get new perspective as we get distance between ourselves and between our manuscripts, whether you are a writer, whether you are an artist, whether you are someone who does knitting, I don't know. You start seeing your craft differently over time, and the only way that you can get that sort of insight, I think, is by allowing time to sort of help you through that process and by putting in the work and being an active participant in the doing of the thing 
that you would like to succeed at, however you want to find success for yourself. So that's what we got going on in querying world. Otherwise, I continue to work on the manuscripts of others. And hey, I enjoy doing that. I am getting the itch to get back into my own work, but actually, not even when the stars conspire, but a couple of new projects have come my way recently. Those being what we will call uh, Prohibition is one of the projects, just not an actual title. That's just the, the general category that we're in. And another one that occurred to me yesterday, which I am tentatively titling To Have Been Rich. Prohibition will explore this because I, I, maybe it's worth cataloging how these ideas evolve over time. Prohibition is inspired by a couple of things. One, by Aaron Morgenstern's The Night Circus, which is an excellent book. I'll do a full podcast on it for the RightsCast Network later this year. But the idea in The Night Circus is that you have this sort of historical novel with elements of magic realism, and it takes place in the 1800s, early 1900s, and it follows this circus around that only appears at night. It's a bit of a love story, a bit of... Um, yeah, it just really, it was really just a charming book from start to finish, the way that it's written, the way that the characters are presented, the balance of magic and that which we would consider to be real in our world, or at least in our world at the time during which the book takes place. So Prohibition is incorporating some of those elements, but it's also focusing on Prohibition-era America. And not just America, but the Midwest. Specifically, I'm looking at the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which is a place that my wife and I plan to disappear to in six weeks or so here to try and get away for a while. And I'm hoping that being in that space will give me a feel for how I can really bring the setting to life. Because I have this idea for a world in which you know, imagine opening scene, we have an old man at a cabin on the lake, uh, perhaps not a cabin so much as it is just his home. Maybe he worked in mining in the area at some point. We're also specifying that this is this is Lake Superior, so he's not all that far from Lake Superior. Opening scene is lights, you know, come to life across the lake, cutting through the fog, and he knows that every month at about this time, this is when the magic returns to the world, and he is mystified by the fact that when people get off these boats, they are dressed as if it is the 1920s, we're middle of Prohibition era. They're bringing with them what seems to be rum and other spirits from Canada because they are rum runners, right? And the man is watching all of this unfold sometime in maybe the 40s or the 50s. And every month he sees this, but he's never sure if it's real or not. And he worries that perhaps this is the beginning of the end for him mentally anyway but one night he decides to follow them and enter the space that they have turned into a speakeasy and in crossing that threshold well he steps into a whole new world there are some elements of dual timelines going on we're going to have this idea that he is actively interfering perhaps in his own past there are going to be certain rules guiding the when and the where he can access this maybe past version of himself and the events as they've unfolded, his ability to affect what happens to his family, but it won't be super time travel because every time he winds up back in the story present, which is going to be, you know, 1940s or late 30s, nothing has really changed. It's as if he can just go to that place and do things without it ever bringing him 
whether it's the the joy that he wants to have in his present, whether it is concerned about things he does in this past that might not work out super great. So you can tell this is kind of a nebulous idea, but I'm really excited about it. I just have to do a ton of research for this. So I've started working not with the Wisconsin Historical Society, I shouldn't phrase it that way, but taking a look at some of the resources they have available to look at how rum running or how Prohibition era uh, America kind of existed in the context of Wisconsin. And then from there, I'll use that as a launching pad to get into perhaps what it might have looked like up in the UP or the Upper Peninsula by Michigan there. Because I think that's just going to be a really great place to hang out, really fertile ground to explore in terms of the whole novel. And we'll see what direction it goes. You know, we got we got time to figure it out here. That might be the project I tackle next. Or it might be this other project that just occurred to me yesterday called To Have Been Rich. And this is a little bit more thematic. I don't see it being as plot-driven so much as it would be character-driven. We'd wind up in a more upmarket or literary space for this one. The idea would be to kind of explore what it means to be part of a couple that is not necessarily buying into prevailing narratives about what it means to have a family as that concept was understood in, say, the 20th century. And is still, you know, of course, we operate under the same assumptions of that in the 21st century as well. But the idea is looking at how the temptation to surrender to prevailing narratives in society and sort of the expectation that others, whether that be family and friends, have for individuals what happens when people who are otherwise happy and content start playing into those narratives and feeling as though they need to fill their lives with this something extra, whether it is having a kid, whether it is starting a business, whether it is buying that second home, all these things that kind of flirt with the idea of the American dream, right? Do you need the white picket fence? Do you need the big yard? Do you need to get the dog? Whatever the case is. And I want to take an opportunity to really dissect all of that through the lens of a dual POV narrative that navigates both the husband and the wife in this case as they try to remain true to themselves what it is that they want while also feeling as though they have these they're going to feel like needs or wants that society is casting upon them so that one's that one's even a little more nebulous than our prohibition era manuscript but i've got some notes thrown down on a document we're going to see where it goes. I am hopeful that I can start on either one of those at some point during this year. It is only July after all, but I know that the third book in the Empathy series is calling my name. It needs some attention at some point here. I feel like if I don't touch it at all this year, that's not going to be a great thing. So we'll see what we get here. I want to make sure that everyone... Uh, gets what they need or what they deserve from that empathy series. I, you can tell it's on my mind. I bring it up almost weekly now. So we'll see what we get. First, however, I got to get through working with uh, the clients that I have on my plate right now before I get a couple of months off from all client work. Got to wrap up what I'm doing for the Jade Ring contest, which is almost there. And then it's going to be all all my books and all those candles that you see over my shoulder if you're watching the video. Store launch is July 15th, so watch out. I'm sure we'll talk about that next week. We will definitely talk about candles next week, so strap in for that. 
But hey, that's what I've got going on on my end insofar as writing stuff is concerned, insofar as D&D stuff is concerned, all of which I'm very excited about. But I want you to tell me a little bit about what you have going on. And just open this episode by asking you to reach out to me by email, by commenting. If you are watching this on YouTube, whatever the case is, just me with rr at gmail.com. Let's chat. Share a little bit with me what it is that you've got going on, what it is that you're looking forward to. I'd love to share that with viewers and with listeners if you're comfortable with it. And just let everyone know that we're all doing what we can right now. Times remain uncertain, but we are out here still making everything work for us as best as we can. So share with me what you're excited about. Share with me something you are concerned about. And let's let's talk about it. Let's make this show more than truly just me and really into that just we that I think would be really rewarding for everyone. So I will leave it there for this week. We went all over the place, so I appreciate you coming along for the ride. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as at I am RR Campbell. Again, that email address is justmewithrr at gmail.com, website rrcampbellwrites.com. You can find me online. You know where to find me, basically. But until next week's episode, folks, I want to thank you for tuning in and remind you to, as always, live unscripted, unedited, and unafraid.